Good morning, everyone. Hope you're all doing okay this morning. Um, I hope everyone's uh, got rid of all the uh, uh, the New Year's, uh, the, the Christmas blues or whatever from uh, not, not doing much and we're all cracking on. So we thought this morning in the spirit of um, uh, getting fit and when you make your New Year's resolutions to do a bit more, that we'd start with a bit of a, a keep fit, jumping around and a, a bit of a keep fit session. So we're all going to jump around. And I was reminded of David in 2 Samuel, where it says that he danced without worrying about what anyone thought about him in front of the Lord. Now, the great thing is this morning that no one can see you where you are. So, and so we don't, do we work, care if anyone worries about what we're doing? No, we don't. We're fine. So we're going to go. We're going to go crazy for God this morning and jump around. And it'd be great if you could join us too and blow away those cobwebs. So if you're ready, we'll go. We'll just pray first. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, as we uh, come before you, Lord, as we worship you this morning, Lord, as we read and hear about your Word, Lord, I pray that you'll pour your Spirit out on us, Lord. Lord, fill us up afresh, Lord, where, where there's fear, Lord, where there's uncertainty, Lord. Lord I, pr- Lord, I pray that you would remind us, Lord, of your promises and your truth. And so, Lord, this morning we're going we're gonna to worship you. Woo! I was nowhere, you came to my rescue From the grave I've been raised When I needed a saviour to save me Jesus, you made a way I was blind, but these eyes have been opened Now I walk in the light Every step on the road I will follow Jesus, you made a way you are the way you are the way last and dead but your love came to find me jesus you are the way you are the way you are the way you're the light shining bright in the darkness jesus you are the way jesus the only way let's jump around Secure in your promise, never standing alone. You're the truth, you're the life, you're my future. Jesus, you made a way. I'm alive in the love that you gave me, free to dance once again. You will lead me from glory to glory. Jesus, you made a way. You are the way. You are the way Lost and dead but your love came to find me Jesus you are the way 
Jesus, the only way. Woo! Let's blow away those cobwebs. Let's dance before him. You are the way. You are the way. You're the light shining bright in the darkness. Jesus, you are the way. You are the way. You are the way. Lost and dead, but your love came to find me. Jesus, you are the way. You are the way, you are the way, you're the light shining bright in the darkness, Jesus, you are the way. You ready? Here we go. How low can you go? Ready? You are the way, you are the way, you're the light shining bright in the darkness, Jesus, you are the way, Jesus, the only way, Woo! hallelujah, right, we're going to collapse and catch our breath. Fantastic. Thanks, Alan. Uh, That's great. I love the energy. I, w- I only wish that I had the same level of energy as you you had this mo- you have this morning. Um, it's uh, it's great to be online again together, isn't it? Um, I say great to be online. I'm, I'm sure we'd all much rather be in person, uh, gathering and uh, worshiping Jesus together. But this is what we have at the moment. And uh, we're, we're making the very best of, of what's available to us. And so um, if you're watching for the first time, we give you a massive welcome. We're really delighted that you're here if you're watching for the hundredth time we're really delighted that you're here and uh, this is our online presence we're OCC and we're able to gather uh, together there's a few notices I want to give just at the beginning just now and then uh, Alan's going to lead us in some more worship in a moment but um, throughout the course of the morning you know if you, if you feel that you're able to give to the, the life and the ministry of, of the work of OCC um, your giving doesn't it isn't just about sustaining the the uh, the life of the church, but actually our our giving together as an act of worship has has helped to serve and meet the needs of many, not only in our own community but beyond our community. So, um, your giving makes a massive difference. So, if you're able to do that, I just think please uh, feel feel free to use the links there on the on the screen. Uh, uh, this morning, there's a there's going to be a link to the kids' church that's going to come up now. So, at any point during the morning or today, you can yeah, kids you can access that. Um, and, uh, and 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 access the online church there for you. Just to also to say is that really excited that each year as a, as OCC we do a, a, a 21 days of prayer, and uh, this year is no different. So beginning on the 18th of January through to the 7th of February, we're we're going to be engaged in a 21 days of prayer. There's going to be some more information that's going to come out on our website, but also you know you can look out for the emails that will be 
coming out this week, just giving you a bit of a structure of how that's going to take place. Now, I really, I, I, you know, John, David and I believe that this is a real um, significant moment in the life of our church when we gather to pray and take moments of fasting and see God, for the, not just for the year ahead, but we're in a, we're in a crucial moment, aren't we, as a, as a nation and as a as, as church, as God's people here, uh, not just in the UK, but globally. And so this is a, gr a great opportunity for us. Uh, to, to pray together, to seek God together, and, uh, and humble ourselves and align ourselves with his purposes. So um, just watch out for some more information uh, regarding that. Now, you're, you may be wondering where John is this morning, and uh, you wonder why he's not come, to, come on to say hello yet. Um, well, actually, uh, just in the last couple of days, John um, has uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Now, um, I'm, I'm sure some of you now are, are thinking about, uh, you know, what the implications of that are. Well, um, John obviously has got to rest. He's, he's got to make sure that he recovers. Now we, we're going to pray in a moment for John and Cara and the kids that they remain, uh, they remain safe, that there's no harmful effects of this virus. But you know, we we know, you know, this this virus is is spreading rapidly, and so this morning we want to recognise actually the reality of the circumstances and the situations we find ourselves. But we also um, this morning come to worship the one who reigns over all things, even in the midst of darkness. And so today we're going to we're going to pray. We're going to pray for, uh, you know, those of you who have had um, in, the impact of COVID come really close to you, whether that's through family or friends. But we're also we are going to pray for John and, and Cara and the kids this morning. And uh, just ask, actually, as one of, you know, as a, one of the elders of the church, David and I are in agreement with this. Um, we, we just ask that you not bombard John with loads of text messages um, at this time. You just give him some space to rest and recuperate. If you do send him a message, don't expect an immediate response. And we're just saying that as a as a, a pastoral response to our pastor, to our leader, is that we, we want to make sure that he is able to recover well. So, John, if you are watching this morning, um, bless you and, and may you know there's God's presence this morning but if you're not I'm sure you'll watch this at some other point but shall we, shall we pray together I just wonder if you join with me as we pray uh, today so Lord we thank you that you are the one who reigns over all things uh, you are sovereign and we submit to your sovereignty and your lordship and your rule um, in the seen and the unseen and that we bring John and Cara and the kids to you and we we do ask that you you protect them you keep them you sustain them that you provide or that you bring John through to um, uh, uh, restoration of health uh, that there would be no ill adverse effects of this virus and um, that Lord he would um, he would recover really well and that actually you'd protect Cara and the kids from from this uh, uh, this virus as well in, in these days of, of isolation and so Lord may you your hand sustain them uh, in in these days and so Lord for others this week who have been affected by this um, this terrible um, wretched virus that is ravaging communities and nations and economies and families and individuals Lord we pray that your grace would abound and your love would sustain and that your peace would reign in hearts and lives across this globe this morning uh, Lord, we ask that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, would you bring a, an acceleration to a, um, the, 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 the cessation of the spread of this virus. Uh, and Lord, that we would, we would act wisely and appropriately 
uh, as citizens not only of the United Kingdom, but but more importantly, citizens of heaven, that we would have a, a perspective that goes beyond our, our own needs, our own wants, our own preferences, and, and think about the, the greater, uh, greater good. And so, Lord, we commit all of these things into your hands. And so I just want to read a few verses from Psalm 46 before I hand over to Alan. God is our refuge and strength a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depth of the seas, though its waters roar and foam and foams and the uh, mountains quake with its turmoil. There is a river, its streams delight the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is within her. She will not be toppled. God will help her when the morning dawns. Nations rage and kingdoms topple. The earth melt when the, he lifts his voice. The, the Lord of armies is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Thanks, Alan. Just appreciate you leading us in worship now. Thank you. Love could not be overcome. 
alive He's conquered death We sing hallelujah We sing hallelujah We sing hallelujah The Lamb has overcome We sing hallelujah We sing hallelujah We sing hallelujah The Lamb has overcome We sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, life is overcome. We sing hallelujah, we sing hallelujah, the life is overcome. We sing your cares upon him He holds us in his hands He's got the whole world in his hands He's got the whole world in his hands He reigns over all the world Every situation Got the whole world in his hands. So holy are you, Lord. You reign supreme. You've gone before us. You've conquered death. 
At your name all sickness must bow You command the winds and the waves. You command the winds and the waves. So worthy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the 
In this moment, just, uh, I'm sure you've been uh, lifting your thoughts and your attention, your devotion and your heart to Jesus and allow his presence and his peace to, uh, to, to, to consume your, your heart and life and your mind in these moments. And, uh, I just want to read um, some verses that John spoke on uh, just a few weeks ago from Philippians before we we transition and I just bring some thoughts to you from uh, the, the more verses in, in Philippians chapter 2 but this is this adopt the same attitude as that of, of Jesus Christ who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God um, as something to be exploited instead he emptied himself uh, by assuming the form of a servant taking on the likeness of humility humanity and when he had come as a man he humbled himself uh, uh, by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross for this reason God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name and so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so as we fix our eyes upon Jesus, what we are fixing our eyes upon is the one who, who came as a servant, who gave his all, who laid his life down, who sacrificed his life so that you and I might enter into the life that God has purposed for us. The fullness of life, the eternal life that begins now but will one day be fully realized in Jesus. And he Jesus is the name that reigns and rules over all things. And every knee, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth. And so this morning as part of our worship, we are, we are coming before him to humble ourselves, knowing that he is the one who holds all things together, sustains all things and holds all things. And so whatever your circumstance at this moment in time, whatever it is you're facing, whatever 
your family's going through, whatever your friends are going through, whatever it is that the circumstances of life are in this moment. My prayer for you this morning, you will know that Jesus reigns and rules over all things. And even though the circumstances might not change, that your perspective might change on the circumstances because Jesus is right there in the middle of it with you, walking with you, journeying with you, ruling and reigning over all things. So may God uh, just make God's peace and power and blessing rest and reign in your heart this morning. And so it is um, it's with uh, with that we're going to turn uh, this morning to um, to the, the next verses in Philippians chapter two. And Alan, thank you for leading us this morning in those songs just so fitting and sensitively. So yeah, lovely. Um, and so we're, yeah, we're gonna turn our, uh, our attention to the verses found in, in Philippians chapter two, verse 11, uh, verses 12, sorry, to, um, to 18. And um, just, just to rem remind you of the context that Paul's writing to, he's writing a letter to a particular group of people, a group of people that he has been in, uh, in relationship with and, and, and in fact he is the one that uh, has pioneered this congregation he's the one that has helped them journey towards Jesus and, and become sh and shaped by Jesus and so this congregation is um, it's, it's not it wasn't just mission fodder for Paul it wasn't just a, a group of people that he'd he'd done his his job he'd established a church and then he was off somewhere doing something else he he kept contact with the churches that he'd planted because he 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 carried that weight of responsibility for them, and he he it, he 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 had genuine affection for them. It wasn't it wasn't forced. It wasn't something that he had to work up. I, I think there was a, a, a genuine love for the people that he was writing to. So we've got to understand that when he's writing this letter, he's writing to a people that he's for and not against. He's writing to a people who wants to experience the the fullness of the life that is available in Christ, not not just some of it even as he is experiencing that, even in his own circumstances, which at this point, he's in a, he's in a jail, he's in a prison. Now, when you think about a prison, don't think about the, the prisons that we have in the UK, where, uh, you know, certainly the, the, the small boxes by, by comparison to what maybe you and I are sat in at this moment in time, but the prison, the prisoners are, have to be treated humanely and, and, and well, they're cared for, they're looked after, and some even have access to to, to TVs and video games and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's, that's part and parcel of, of life in prison in the UK, even though it is a restriction on liberty. What Paul is experiencing is a dungeon. He's experiencing captivity in chains. He's experiencing a place of darkness in, in, the, in, 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 a, in, a, in a hole and under the ground where actually he's not well, he wouldn't necessarily be well looked after and reliant upon the Philippian Christians to provide for his his food and his well-being and so that's where this this letter is, is coming from and and so he's he's responding to this but he's also aware of some tensions and some challenges that the Philippian church are experiencing so that's the context he's writing to help them become all that God has called them to be and so when I as I speak this morning and I I just go through some of these verses and pull out some of the things that I think maybe the Lord wants to say to us uh, understand that this is this is the invitation it's not a telling it's not a a have to but this is a get to this is a 
actually, if we want to embrace and encounter all that God has for us, we, we get to take him up on this invitation and we get to live this way. Um, and we're going to explore and we're going to see why we get to live this way uh, in a moment. So let's, shall, we, shall I read the verses? That might be a good, good place to start. Would you read along with me? Therefore, my dear friends, uh, that's just interesting, isn't it? In itself, my dear friends, uh, that, that wasn't just like a little bit of a, a formula. I think Paul genuinely meant it. It wasn't that he was the super apostle and they were under him and, and they had to be subservient to his ways. It's like, actually, no, we're in this together. Yes, there's, there's this function that Paul had, but it was like, we're friends, we're family, we're, we're in this together. And then he goes, he goes on to say, just as you have obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work, according to his good purpose. Do everything, not just some things, he says, not just the bits that you like or don't like. He says, do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation among whom you shine like stars in the world. Wow, that's, that's amazing. We're going to get to that in a moment. By holding firm to the word of life. Then I can boast in the day of Christ that I, I did not run or labor for nothing. But even if I am poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you, with all of, with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. Amazing verses of scripture. Um, I'm, I'm going to pull out some things that I hope will be helpful to you this morning. Um, you know, and so let's just begin with that. So there's that therefore, which ties it in with the, the, the chapters, that are the verses that I read just a moment ago. In light of who Jesus is, in light of the one who humbled himself and came to earth, this broken, battered uh, earth, in light of who Jesus is, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but all even in my absence. Now, I, I don't know what about you heard the phrase "while the cat's away, the mice will play." Have you heard that phrase? Um, now, there was a, there was the, I've been involved in some teams and leading some teams uh, during the course of my my life, and um, and and as a as one who was a team leader, often when I there was rare moments when I used to go away on holiday that something wouldn't happen with the team back home. Any other leaders out there, managers, people who've got responsibility experience that same. It, all, it almost feels like the moment you step away and you actually try and take a break, that all hell is going to break loose. And people start doing things and behaving in ways that they wouldn't if you were physically present. Now, Paul is saying, guys, uh, listen, you, when I was with you, you were, obey, you were obeying Jesus. You were walking with Jesus. You were, you were doing all that you were, you were meant to do and called to be. Right? So when I, now I'm away, don't stop doing that. He's saying, carry on in that obedience to Jesus. Keep walking with Jesus. In fact, Paul says, do it more so. Like, don't rely on my presence to help you simply to live the Christian life, but take responsibility for all that you've you've been called to. Now, this is this. I think this is really important for us as as a, one as as a local church, but as the church, 
because often we, we put an overemphasis upon somebody else and, and somebody else's presence to help us live the kind of life that God has called us to. Now, one of the things that's really important about this particular passage, and in fact, this letter, is Paul isn't writing to an individual, he's writing to a collective. And so while we have corporate responsibility and individual uh, and an individual responsibility in light of the community responsibility. So it's not, oh, it's just down to you or it's just down to me. Actually, it's down to me and you in the context of community to live this life out. And so we hold one another accountable. Now, um, it, it, we, we can't put that on John or, or any of the elders or any of the leaders to, to hold all that together. We have to take some responsibility. So in, in John's absence, in, in COVID-19, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to carry on pursuing obedience and walking with Jesus, and we'll hold him in prayer as one of our community. And so we live this life out together. Now, um, I think what Paul is, is trying to get at uh, in, in these verses is, like, don't, don't let your life, what he's saying to the Philippians, don't let your life be about a performance based upon who's present. Don't don't let your life be all nice and nice and gleaming when the apostle is is present and do other do live otherwise when I'm not. He's his invitation and his call and in fact his challenge is to live a life of authenticity and integrity and honesty. Because why? Not because the the apostle's present, but because Jesus is present, the one who holds the community together and in whom light our life we live in live before so the genuine fruit of uh, is the genuine fruit of obedience is what we do what even when we're not instructed like the genuine fruit of obedience is that i'm going to live this life out in light of who god has called me to be and us to be and i think it's really important that we we interchange between that language of me and us it's not all me and it's not all you it is it is us together living this life out um, of, of, of obedience and and uh, and that sense of just being uh, being true to who God has called us to be and so that's verse that's verse 12 if you like verse 12a and then it goes on to say this uh, work out your salvation with fear and trembling now you you might be thinking well what what does that mean you know am i am i not already saved uh, do i have to try and work this out through good works and being obedient is my obedience connected to my salvation uh, if i'm not obedient do i lose my salvation well uh, the actual when paul's writing about salvation here he's not talking about the eternal salvation that is available through faith in christ jesus putting our trust in jesus but what he is saying is that once you have put your trust in Jesus, it will naturally work its way out in obedience. So we're obedient from a position of salvation. We're, we're not obedient for salvation. And it's crucially is a crucial difference because so often we can think that we're going to earn our salvation by works righteousness rather than faith righteousness. But our faith righteousness works out in our obedience, because if there's no obedience, we might begin to ask, ask some questions as to whether there is genuine faith because faith has to be worked out. And I think that's what Paul is getting at here. He's saying, work out your faith, your salvation in fear and trouble in light of, in light of the world in which we live in. So there was a group 
uh, in Jesus' time called the Essians who, who retreated from society because they didn't want to be contaminated. They wanted to be remain pure. And they, they, they created this little sect and community away from everyone. Jesus saying, don't be like that. That's what Paul's getting. I don't be like that. And the the you, your own, is, is again, is not simply something individual, but it is a collective. So OCC together as a community, we are working out our salvation together as we live it out in the everyday, ordinary places of life. You see, we can't just retreat into our own little enclave and, and simply do our online services and enjoy our times of worship together and think that this is, this is okay. Even though we, we, we're, we're taking the opportunity to make the most of that which is available, we, we have this responsibility to live it out in the everyday spaces. Now, for, for us at the moment, those everyday spaces uh, will, be, will predominantly be online, won't they? So what about, what does your Facebook page or your Instagram page or your Twitter feed say about your working out of salvation? Because we can't disconnect what we post online with our faith. Now, I don't, I, I don't know what your some of your stances are, but I've got to be honest, I've been on Facebook and not necessarily people from OCC, that's got to be said. Um, I have seen some wacky things put out in the name of Jesus that you kind of go, how on earth can you correlate that with following Jesus? And there's this disconnect between what was lived out in reality and the faith that we have in Jesus. So if our faith in Jesus doesn't impact the everyday, we've lost the plot and it's, it's ineffective. And I think maybe that's what Paul was getting at was the end of those of, of those of those verses where he says um uh, so then i can boast in the day of christ that i did not run or labor for nothing see it wasn't that he he wanted the the message the gospel that he preached that that which he worked for to affect every, people's life in the everyday and his boast would be not in his own achievements but that in which christ had done in and through the gospel work in the Philippian Christians that was affecting everything. And so that, that sense of working out salvation is in cooperation with the spirit and we do it together. And so where, you see, if it was just you, you, you and Jesus, and, uh, or me and Jesus, and we weren't accountable to community, weren't accountable to anybody. Well, actually, well, if it's just me and Jesus, I don't really care what you say or what you think. Because, well, me and Jesus are having a nice little party going on. You know, we're, we're happy. We're, we're living life together and I'm just listening to Jesus. Whereas if we live the life in context of community, then we're actually accountable to one another. And we actually need to hold one another account for the life that we live. So if, if I say something that is dishonouring to Christ and dishonouring to the community, I would fully expect somebody to say, Ian, you are way out of line. Now, would I like it? Maybe not. But the re that's not the point. It's not the point whether I like it or not. The point is whether my life is representative of Christ and his kingdom and then a reflection of the community. Because if I say something, it doesn't just reflect on me and Jesus. It reflects on us and Jesus. And so that therefore that working out together in community is so crucial. And um, we because it isn't just a, about our witness. Uh, my witness is about our witness and our life lived together i hope you hope this is making some sense this morning and that you're following the my train of thought and so we get this sense of paul calling the the philippian church to uh, to to a, 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 
a, a greater life. And he says, for, uh, for it is God who is working in you, uh, in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. So the starting point isn't, isn't simply your effort and your, your obedience. The starting point is God and his grace. The starting point is God working out his purposes in your life and my life and our life together. Just listen to what the message has to say. This, uh, I love the, the way that Eugene Peterson puts these verses. Uh, now, I'm, now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your effort. Be energetic in your life of salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. So that's, again, that's important that we don't just do it for one another. We do it in the light of who God is and his a reverence for him, his holiness, his, his majesty, his splendor. The one who came, who came down, gave his life sacrifices and, and rose again so that we might have life. We do it. We live this life in the light of who God is, as he was called us to be, uh, that that energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working what we will give him, what will give him the most pleasure. Love that. God's energy, God's life, God's purposes working in you collectively and individually working in us for his, his glory and according to his purposes and what brings him pleasure. I love the thought that actually the way that we live our lives can bring God pleasure. That actually to, to live a life of obedience is a life that actually brings joy to God's heart. Not just joy in our own life, but joy to God. It's reflective of his nature and his character and his goodness and his mercy and his grace and his compassion for us that it, we live out of this. And it brings him joy. I wonder whether that just changes the perspective about a life of holiness, whether you, when you think, Oh, actually, my life can bring God joy. The way that I live my life can bring him pleasure. It's not simply about uh, downloading uh, from God for my pleasure and my enjoyment, which is actually the consumer gospel. It's all about me or all about us. But actually, together, we get to live this life that lives a life of worship and adoration for the one who gave his all. And then let's let's move on because we're otherwise I could be preaching here for a long time and we're, we're uh, we 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 don't want to keep you all day, um, but um, let's move on. For, uh, verse verse fourteen says this: do do everything without grumbling and arguing, so that you may be blameless and pure. Do everything. So do the dishes without grumbling and complaining. Kids, tidy your bedrooms without grumbling and complaining. Kids. Adults even eat all your vegetables without grumbling and complaining. Like post online without grumbling and complaining. Engage in, in community activity without grumbling and complaining. Why? Because we can all find something to grumble and complain about. It's really easy. It's really easy for us to grumble. Now, this has caused like thinking about the Israelites in um, in, in Exodus 16, where they were grumbling and complaining to, to Moses, like, oh, we were better off in Egypt. What's all this about? God providing for them. And yet they were still grumbling and complaining. How, uh, how much have we got to be thankful for? Uh, sure, we are in the midst of a global pandemic that is causing 
chaos and tragedy and hardship. But, you know, as, as God's people, we have a different perspective. It's not that we live in the unreality of the present because the, the present is very real. The effects of coronavirus are very real, despite what some of the conspiracy theories say. It, 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 please don't perpetuate conspiracy theories because all you're going to do is provoke grumbling and arguing. You see, Paul saying, I think Paul's addressing an issue in the church here, um, in, in not, in our, in, not in our church, but in the Philippian church that says, like, I've heard of your grumbling and your complaining. He even addresses an argument between two women later on in the, in, in the, in the letter, saying, I've heard about that. Don't do it. Drop the arguments. Drop the secondary stuff. It's not worth it. Stop it. Because when we grumble and we argue as God's people, it sends a witness to the world that is no different. You go onto Facebook uh, after I finish talking, please. And, uh, and, and look, just have a look, Alan, put your phone down. Uh, and you, you stop, and you can see people arguing and fighting over secondary issues that are not important. You see, as God's people, we're called to live a life that is distinct, a life that is different. And that's why Paul goes on to say, so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation. There is no mistaking at this moment that our moment is no different to Paul's moment. Maybe some different issues, but the world is dark. It is corrupt. It is, it is darkness. And we are called to, to stand out as God's people. We're called to be different. We're called to be distinct. We're called to speak and act and be different. To be the kind of people that he's purposed us to be. To be a blessing to the nations. To be a light to the nations. That's who he has designed us and called us to be as, as, as disciples of Jesus, as followers of Jesus. What does it mean to be blameless? Well, it doesn't mean to be uh, sinless because you and I are not sinless. Uh, you know, how many of us have had a little grumble at some point this week? How many of us had a little complain at something or other? We, we all have, I'm sure. But we, what we're called to do is align our behaviours in increasing ways. So that moment this week, you can reflect on now and think, oh, yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit moany and a bit grumbly there. What, why, was I, why was I complaining? What was the real issue? And begin to address it and say, God, I'm sorry about that. That, was, that, was, that wasn't a good look. That did that, did that person or that, that part of my community no good, and it, it did me no good. And you can begin to address it. So, he, he, what Paul is saying about being blameless is this presenting of a holy life, a holy life that is set apart for God, that is aware of his presence and his call to be distinct. Now, I talk about being distinct, not in a weird way, not in a way that kind of makes you, you know, unapproachable to people. But actually, there's something about a holy life that for those who God is calling is attractive. I think that's what Paul's getting at. Is that in this light, in this world of darkness, we as God's people, because of our holy life, are to shine like stars in the darkness. So the darkness is around us. And yet, because of the way that our life shining in the darkness, it illuminates and provides a, provides a path and it's attractive. Now, I don't know whether you, you're into camping or, or not, but you know, when when I get when we go camping, um, it's often often there's this pitch black, super dark in uh, on the campsites unless you know they've got their you know the the um, the, nat the unnatural lighting. Um, but we've been in places where it's been pitch black, 
and in the in the awning you know there's a little light that I'll, I'll press and it'll come on and it illuminates the awning and all of a sudden these bugs flock towards it you know it's like it draws them and that's i think that's the, the picture of what we're, we're we're called to be as god's people not just not individually but collectively imagine what it might look like for us as OCC to be a shining light, a beacon radiating out life that's attracting the bugs, attracting people who are who are desperate to understand and desperate to see what it is that we've got. And it's a great missional tool. That's why God calls us to be holy is because it shows that there's something distinct, something real, something pure about us as God's children shine like stars in the world. Imagine this week, you and I, we get the opportunity to shine like stars. You know, we might not be able to go to the offices that we once used to be able to go to. We might not be able to engage in the community in the way that we used to engage, engage with. We, some of you are going to go into, into circumstances. Those of you who are working in the NHS or the care sector, you're, you're going to be going into environments that is going to be incredibly tough with colleagues who are, who are on the edge of, of, of burnout and breakdown and you, you and I, together, we get the opportunity to be a, a light in the darkness, to bring hope where there is no hope, to speak life where there is death. That's what I think it means for us to be the kind of people that shine in the darkness. And then he talks about, just to come to close, uh, Paul says, but even if I'm poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. See, this life of following Jesus is a life of sacrifice. It's a life of making choices to walk with Jesus and to follow his ways and reject the ways of the world. It's a choice not to grumble and complain and to argue. And I'm thankful, actually, as a community, we, we don't have much grumbling or complaining. We don't have arguments. We don't, we don't fight. We don't bicker. And long may that continue. May we long to be a community that love one another, serve one another, put the secondary issues aside so that love may remain, and that we may be the kind of people that God's called us to be holy and pure in a world that needs to see what it is to have the life of God at work, not just in me, but in us, and not just in you, but in us, together radiating the life of Christ. And it will be costly. Nobody ever, anybody who said that following Jesus is, is, is easy and cheap completely misunderstand the point of grace. It costs us something to follow Jesus, but it is a cost well worth paying. Why, why can I say that? Because Paul said, I rejoice with you all. I rejoice in this because this, this call, this life is worth it. This life in Christ is worth it. The hope that we have that is to come is worth it. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. This unity, this community, this togetherness, we're in it together. And so let us, let us rejoice together. Let us come together, um, albeit via, via the internet and in, in prayer. Let us come together. Let us be together. Let us be united in purpose to make Jesus known through the way that we love our lives, the way that we love one another, and the way that we love a lost and broken world that is caught in darkness and needs us to shine like stars in the world. I hope some of what I've said has, has been helpful to you this morning.
and uh, and just understand that this sense of we're called to live it out in the everyday. Think about what think about your thinking. Think about what you're posting. Think about how you're reacting. Not to earn your salvation, but because you already have it. So, Alan, I'm going to hand over to you. Would you lead us in a final song? And and maybe would you would you close the service in prayer? That would be that would be awesome. Thank you.
you give and take away, my heart will choose to say, but blessed be your name, you give and Praise you, Jesus. And so, Lord, blessed be your name. Lord, blessed be your name. Lord, send us out in the power of your spirit, Lord. Lord, thank you that, uh, for that awesome responsibility, Lord, that you've called us to be your representatives, Lord, to bring your light, Lord, into the communities and the places that, that we are. Lord, empower us, Lord, and equip us, Lord. Lord, help us to let that light of the hope of Jesus and the joy of the world, Lord, to shine even brighter where we are. And Lord, I pray that you'd keep us all safe until we meet again. Thank you, Lord, that we can come into your presence. And so, Lord, send us out in your name. Amen. So thanks for joining us this week. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. So I pray that you have a great week and uh, take care and stay safe.